know, same old, same old. I hope y'all like Cajun food. Because <laughs> Clust is out here feeling <laughs> spicy today. <laughs> I had to call you out a little bit. No, it's a good day. It's a good day. She's got a lot of energy. Surprisingly. Yeah, as she yawns. Got a lot of energy. She yawns. No, we're we're good. It's a, it's a good Monday night. It was a crazy day. So busy. So many tasks. So many goals. Just so much stuff. We crushed happening. them though. Crushed them. So like when you get to the end of the day and you're kind of like sleep deprived and delirious, you know, you just get like that. That just energy. Be like that yeah. Sometimes. We used to have a cat, Radimus, and <laughs> every time he would poop. After he got done, he would, like, zoom me around the house. It, like, gave him new life. It was the funniest thing. And, and that's how I feel whenever we have a whole day that's just, like, obliterating and we get to the end of the day. It's like we've pooped the day away and now we've <laughs> got the zippies. So, all right, that's what we got. Hopefully, hopefully you got <laughs> some <laughs> Hopefully you got some, some Wednesday zippies to you by the time you're hearing this. Um, had a staff meeting today at the church. So, ministry heads, thanks for attending that. Uh, we talked about some things coming up, Calista. What are those things? Um. Well, we have um, the youth thing coming up, um, the youth fall thing, and we have the annual meeting coming up, and we have Thanksgiving basket stuff and Lighthouse Christmas stuff, and so there's just really a lot going on, and so I just encourage you to hit up our website um, and go to the get involved section of that, or you can just go to lccbulletins.com because there's just honestly so much every Sunday during announcements. I'm like, I feel like I'm giving a speech. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's picking up. We didn't have much there at the end of summer and now we're getting into the whole, you know, tis the season in case you forgot, just like we did. It's not September anymore. Um, it's actually very much October. Yeah. And in like two episodes, it's not going to be October. So crazy. Which is crazy to think about. But yeah, friends, we are closing in on Halloween, which means we're closing in on Thanksgiving, which means we're closing in on Christmas. And be 4th of July before you know it. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. And you're going to so, be asking me about Independence Day, and I'm going to get the questions wrong. Hey, no, you've got a whole year to figure it out <laughs> since the last <laughs> since the last thing. We really started this. We did an Independence Day episode, didn't we? We did, yeah. Holy moly. I mean, yeah, I guess in the grand scheme of things, we're closing up on half a year of podcast. This That's is episode crazy. 19, and there's 52 weeks in the year. and We've skipped one week, technically. So... Man. Just doing that thing. Doing that thing. Time flies and the thing happens. So um, you had a youth event last night. You took some girls from the youth group out to, what was that called down there in Marion? Youth Encounter. Youth Encounter, yeah, at Cornerstone Church. Yeah. That's cool. So, like, I've been waiting to hear about it because I knew you were going to talk about it on the podcast tonight. So And we just literally haven't had time to talk about it at all. Right. <laughs> So tell so, me about it. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to talk about it. I thought um, I took some notes um, for multiple reasons, but I thought, uh, you know, the stuff that I was getting out of it was stuff that, you know, Youth Encounter is one of those events, at least for me, when I go to events like that, I, and I told the girls this last night, I just get this feeling of like, I want everybody I love to be there. Like, I just kept thinking, like, I wish our church was here. Like, I wish yeah. the people of our church were here. I wish our worship team was here. I wish um, my entire youth group was here. I wish all of my, you know, and I just, like, get this overwhelming feeling of, like, gosh, I just want everyone to experience this moment. You know what I think that is? What? It's like the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. 
like whenever I I feel like that at the SBC a lot, like during the send network um, portions that they do and the worship and the sermons and the stuff like that. And you've got literally like, I can't even remember the numbers for SBC events. I mean, it's up in the upper thousands, like if not tens of thousands of people just worshiping together. And like, it's so overwhelming and you desire to have the rest of your Christian fellowship there. And I think that's just like a foretaste of our longing to be in heaven is to, what are we going to do in heaven? Praise God. Praise God. And when we're all just together praising God, we're not worried about what the lunch is going to be. We're not worried about the shoes on our feet. We're just there praising God and the company of our fellow Christians. And it's so good. It is. And I told the girls, like, I get filled up on Sundays whenever you preach or Rick preaches or, you know, sometimes we go visit our friend's church in the evenings on Sunday. And I do. I get filled up in those Sundays. But there's just something different about going to these events and just seeing like hundreds of hands in the air, just yeah. surrendering. And um, it makes me emotional. Like I'm going to tear up right now. But anyway, it. yeah. So I took three girls um, from the youth group over there. And um, man, it was just such a good time. It was a good time of bonding. I I do wish more of my kids would have went, but I do like whenever we do events like that. And it is just a couple of us that end up going because man, it's such a bonding experience for the ones that go. And so I really enjoyed that time with the girls. And so anyway, just a couple of things that I took away from that, um, that I wanted to share with you guys, uh, today is, um, the first speaker, um, man, I don't know any of their names. I'm really sorry. I don't remember any of them, but, um, the first speaker came up and he wanted to talk about, um, just, the misconceptions that come along with Christianity. Um, I mean, obviously keep in mind that they were talking to students. And so um, this may not be a misconception. You're like, of course this, but anyway, keep that in mind. So the first misconception that he said was that Christianity is all about what happens when we die. Um, So first I just want to say, I think that for any early Christians, like that's really what you think like first, you know, like, well, I want to go to heaven. Like, you know, The first question you ask somebody a lot of times when you're trying to get them to talk about the gospel is, do you know what's going to happen when you die? You know? And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to go to hell. They don't right. even want to say, they don't even say, I want to go to heaven. You're like, so what do you think happens when you die? And they'll be like, well, I hope I don't go to hell. It's not even about worshiping God. It's just, I don't want to go burn yeah. in hell. Like, they have a fear of hell and they don't have a righteous fear of the Lord. You know, that's because they're con- concerned about their, their flesh still. Yeah. And so he was like, he wanted to just reiterate that, you know, heaven is going to be glorious. And, you know, as Christians, we do long for the day that we get to go be with our father in heaven. But for this moment, being a Christian is not everything that just going to heaven. It's participating right now. Um, he talked about how we're called into this relationship with Christ and, um, he talked about how following Jesus, the truth that he debunked the misconception with was that following Jesus is not just about what happens after we die, but how we live our lives right now. Um, being called means like what we're created for, what we're invited into, and we're invited into this relationship with God. It's not just like we go to a job every day and we check off the checklist of things we need to do, like a relationship. Like yeah. you and I have a relationship me and our, like, we have relationships with our friends, like, our family, like, the creator of the heavens and the earth are is calling us into a relationship. 
Yeah. Like that is what this is about. He calls us to participate. He invites us to participate in his mission. Well, yeah, you know, and Jesus is praying for us there in um, the gospel of John. And he says, you know, Father, do not take them up from earth, but bless them with your spirit. So Jesus wants us to stay on earth and he wants us to continue on mission. As well with that, he wants us to have a relationship. Jesus isn't asking for us to stay on earth just so we can, you know, chip away at the old stone and bring some more glory to God. I mean, that's what we're called to do. But he wants us to stay on earth so we can continue to develop that relationship. And if you look at Micah uh, chapter 6, verse 8, it reads, Mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you. So what he requires of you while you're living and dwelling on earth is to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. So you're doing these things. You're acting justly. You're, you're giving that impression of Christ and that impression of Christianity and the love of the Father, but also to walk humbly with your God. So to walk humbly with the Father, that you're not just doing this mission for God, you're doing this mission with God, right. and you have that relationship during the actions that you're required to do. Yeah, so that was the first misconception. Uh, the second one is what God is calling us to do is more important than who God is calling us to be. Um, I think this was my favorite one uh, that he did um, because I think it's really easy to get caught up in um, what is God calling me to do? Like, what is my next step? You know, what does my next season look like? especially for students who are thinking about their next steps in high school or college or their career or what that's all going to look like. And, um, and something he said was that God is more concerned with who you are and who you're becoming than the college you go to or the work you choose to do. Because he said, like, God created you in his image. God knew what he was doing when he created you, and he's growing you each and every day. And if you follow that, if you are building up on that by talking to him, by getting in his word, et cetera, everything else will fall into place. Yeah. You know? And so whenever you're thinking of what college am I going to go to, you shouldn't be thinking of like, well, where now I'm not saying these things aren't important, but don't be thinking mainly about, well, where am I going to get this scholarship for or what classes? Like he said, like, think, like, where can I, what university, what college can I make the biggest kingdom impact? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and he said, like, be searching for what churches are around those colleges. Be church searching for what on-campus things are at those colleges. Like, whenever you're thinking of what college, this is obviously just the example he used, but when you're thinking of what college you're going to go to, instead of thinking of, like, the extracurriculars, be thinking of where can I make an impact? Yeah, and you know, I don't think that that's limited to students either. I mean, obviously, you know, they were they were teaching at a youth event, so that's the example they used. But for the adult context, it's like when you're searching for your next career move, you know, maybe you're trying to climb the corporate ladder. Maybe you're tired of your job right now and you want to go somewhere else. Or maybe your job went under and you need to find a new career. It's not always just about, well, what's going to put the most money in my bank account? Obviously, we like to level up. We like to provide for our family. We like to have the nicer things in the world. I get it, all right? I really do. But when it comes down to it, it's not just about climbing the corporate ladder. It's about where can I impact the kingdom of God in my community? Right. By taking this job, is this a way to glorify God? And if you seek the Lord in prayer before anything that you do, because I mean, literally everything that we do, we should counsel with the Lord first. Right. Is this where you want me to be at? 
And if it is, then God's going to provide while you're there, you know, and that's the opportunity that we get to participate with God is that if we're doing what he wants to do, if we're on the mission that he's calling us to be on, then he's going to provide the things will be added. Yeah. And so the truth that he used to debunk that misconception was who you are called to be is more important than what you are called to do. So there was that one. Yeah. Um, the third misconception was that church workers are the only people who are called to do the work of God on earth. What? I know. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, he's like, you know, people tend to think that, you know, people that work in the church are the people who, well, they're called to do this, you know, like, that this is their job. So obviously they're called to do this when in reality, every person ever um, is loved and pursued by God who invites us into a personal relationship, invites us to be on mission with him. Mm -hmm. And that mission is, you know, the work of God on earth. To take the gospel to all nations. Um, And each and every one of us (laughs) is gifted and invited by God to participate in that. So Yeah, um, 1 Peter 2.9 reads, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So here's the thing. Who has received mercy? Us. Everybody who's been called by God. So you who have received mercy are now God's people. What are God's people told to do? To proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness. So that's everybody. That doesn't say the teachers. That doesn't say the thinkers. That doesn't say the ministry leaders. That says you who were given mercy are called to proclaim the praises. Yeah. And whatever that might look like for you. Okay, we're all called to do it. And uh, he actually brought up um, that he really liked the messages version of these verses. Um, And so I'm going to go ahead and read that because I really liked it too. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something from rejected to accepted. Yeah, man. And so I really like that. And so, you know, God's invitation to us isn't just to believe, it's to follow Jesus and live on mission. So first step obviously is believing, but once you've made that first step, like you're sent, like go out, like you are on mission field. Well, one of the things like, and it's like such an easy thing to say every Sunday morning. And I feel like we should be saying this, like one of the best, most simple analogies I've heard about being saved is like, If your life has been radically transformed by Christ, because that's what happens when you're saved, it is a life-changing moment. It is something that shakes you to your core, and it brings you joy, unspeakable, almost unspeakable, but obviously it's speakable because we're we're supposed to say it. But it is something that is just life-changing. It's like watching, it's better than watching a good movie. Like when you see a good movie, okay, we do the, the totally honest reviews that we told people about Hocus Pocus, right? When you watch something good or bad, when you've watched something and it's changed your perspective on something, you've eaten something good, whenever you do something in life, you go tell people about it. Right. Randomly. You'll just tell somebody. There's no prompt. You'll just be sitting there and like, so what do you think of Hocus Pocus too? Like, if a movie can make us do that, then why hasn't the love of Christ done that in so many people's lives? Why right. aren't, why are we shutting up about it? You know, why aren't we constantly like, man, do you know what Jesus has done for me? 
Yeah, man. Um, you know, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. You, Jesus yeah. isn't physically here anymore. And that's why we're here to be the hands and feet of him. And so, uh, the truth for that one was that every one of us is created and invited regardless of our career to impact and influence our world for God every day. So I love that. Boom. Those were the three misconceptions. So, um, then there was a second speaker and just a couple of things that I took away from that one. First, I just want to say that, uh, this speaker, uh, who was there last night, um, lives in the heart of where uh, the hurricane hit in Florida. And um, Fort Myers is where he lives. And um, he still showed up yesterday, uh, which for me alone was just like, wow, you know, like there's so much happening at home and you're just dedicated to do what you do. And man, that really spoke to me in itself. But um, what he talked about is – you know, that everybody wants to be a world changer, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and he, we know that because there's things out there like uh, world hunger. Like if we could change that man, we would, you know, or, um, depression or anxiety. If we could just take that out of the world, like we would do that 100%. And, um, how it can seem like a lot of pressure. It can seem like there's no way you know, little old me can make a impact in this area whatsoever. And so then it can get to the point where we're just so overwhelmed by it. We're like, we do, we do nothing about it. Then he got into the fact that like, we are where we are for a reason. And we may not be able to change the entire world. We may not be able to end poverty or um, end homelessness or whatever our passions may be. But what we can do is impact our circles and what we can do is impact our towns and um, our families and whatever that looks like. We God has us here for a purpose, yeah. exactly where we are. So check this out, okay? Like, I want to change the world. How am I supposed to change the world in Chad, Africa? How am I supposed to do that from over here? The people in Chad need need Jesus too. God's got Christians in Chad, Africa. Yeah, man. Isn't that cool? Like, here's the thing. You're a Christian in Nashville, Illinois. You're a Christian in Mount Vernon, Illinois. You're a Christian in Carbondale, Illinois. Guess what? There's Christians in in Carbondale, Illinois. And and you're a Christian in Nashville where they're not. You see what I'm saying there? God is putting people around the world to make impacts around the world where he has put them. And I'm not saying we should hole up in our little town and not worry about it, you know. We should definitely be supporting missionaries. We should definitely be looking for places that God can send us. But it starts right here. But it starts right here, yeah. Don't focus so much on the grass, you know, on the other side of the fence. I think um, Danny had made a really good analogy once about that. Yeah. Like if you're looking at the other lawn so much, you're going you're gonna to forget what's turning brown under your own feet kind of things. Like you have to tend to your yard before you can go and fix anybody else's. Yeah, and um, something that he had mentioned within that was like you can't influence people that you won't associate with. And so those people that are different than you, those people that um, – man, you just like, you're like, I don't want to be seen with them. I don't want that reputation. You know, like how can you reach those people? You can't because you won't associate with them. And so one of the things that he did was he, uh, called somebody up on stage, a volunteer or whatever. And, uh, then he had this bag and he pulled a, like a fish out of this bag, bro. Like a, you know, those fish you get at like fish markets. Like a real fish? Like a real fish, yeah. Like a it, whole... Like he had a bag of ice, and this fish oh was sitting gosh. on his ice. Yeah. And um, he 
was like, this fish is nothing like you. It doesn't smell like you. It stinks. You know, it doesn't even breathe like you do. Like this fish is totally different than you. Um, and then he like told the guy, of course it was like a, you know, teenage boys, so they'll, they'll do anything. And he's like, I want you to kiss the fish. And so he made this teenage boy kiss the fish. And he's like, you know, like God calls us to kiss the fish. Like, obviously, you know, it was a whole analogy used throughout yeah, his entire thing. Yeah, I really feel thing, like you got to be there. Yeah. But <laughs> the whole thing was that like, God calls us to be with those people, you know, yeah. like he wants you to go hang out with the smelly people. He wants you to go hang out with the people that aren't the same as you. And Because, look, there was a time whenever, analogy's sake, there's a time when we were the smelly people. Right. There's a time when we were the lepers. Well, and that's there's what he kept time. saying. Like, there's, like, to some people, you are the fish. Yeah. You know, like, he just kept re- referring to us as fish. And the Bible story that he used in that was the story of Levi and how... Levi uh, was a tax collector and he was sitting at his tax booth and um, just doing his thing, ripping people off. And uh, Jesus starts to approach him and he says, you know, he imagines that Levi was feeling probably kind of nervous because um, typically uh, religious people, religious leaders would come up to tax collectors and they would scoff them and, you know, scold them for what they're doing. And he's like, just, you know, talking as Levi and he's like, oh, here we go again. Like this guy's gonna, you know, Jesus was known at this point. And so he's like, Jesus is going to come up to me and scold me or whatever. And Jesus just literally goes up to him and says, follow me. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I bet he was just shook. Like yeah. what? And so that's exactly what he does. He just leaves his tax booth behind and he follows him. And after he follows him, Levi's like, what are we going to do, man? And Jesus is like, let's go to your house. Let's have a party, which was totally taboo because none of the Christians wanted to be at Levi's house, Yeah, you know, because Levi was surrounded by sinners all the time. And so uh, he goes on to talk about how, you know, what on earth would this party look like, you know, because it's a party of sinners. They're obviously sinning. And you think Jesus is just sitting there like, you know, being among those people, not taking part in their sin, but being among those people. And um, then he talked about how later um, Levi's name was changed to Matthew. And um, he says, you know, in certain situations, when you're looking at those fish, you know, quote fish, like you see Levi's, but God sees Matthew, Mm. you know? Yeah, man. And so just to have that mindset of like, yeah, that person might be different than you. That person might not even believe that Jesus exists. But if you step out of your comfort zone to reach that person, like you never know what they're going to turn into. Yeah. And that kind of touches on something that I had preached on a couple of weeks ago that like Jesus went to those people and Jesus did life with those people. Here's the thing. And I think a lot of the teenagers need to hear this part of it as well. Jesus did not just go hang out with them. Right. When Jesus was with them, there were results. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't go to hang out. He went to change lives. Jesus didn't go to punch it down his throat. Jesus didn't go to tell him how wrong he was. Jesus went to do life with him, show him love and the righteousness of the Father, and changes happened. And it literally all starts with love. Like yeah. the first step is loving people that are not the yeah, same as you. Yeah, meeting and, them where they're at. Yeah. And again, not participating, but... Just being willing to love them. And expecting results out of it. And something he said is like, you might know somebody who is going through a divorce or who is um, has somebody they love who is sick. And you can't change the fact that that's happening to them, but you can change how they experience it. Yeah. And, you know, you can either 
just ignore the fact that it's happening and let them, you know, hurt on their own, or you can love them and you can, when they look back on that, they may still feel hurt, but they'll know, like I was loved through that. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, he was from that area where the hurricane hit and he said, you know, everywhere around him is just, just destroyed. And he chose to stick around and there's churches that were boating generators to this island because the bridge was destroyed. They had no way to get off of their island except for um, boats. And even then, people were kind of scared because there's debris in the water. And yeah. and he said, you know, it's the simple things like his – he didn't have power at his house, and so he couldn't have coffee. And so he was just like, man, like this just stinks, you know, like I can't have coffee. And so then he went to um, the – building that they were meeting at and they had a generator and this homeless man brought him a cup of coffee and he yeah. said it just wrecked him. Like he said, it just brought him to tears because this homeless man who he was now homeless, not because he was homeless before, but because yeah. his home was destroyed. He has nothing. He didn't have coffee either. No. And he like knew that this guy wanted coffee and he was just selfless and brought that to him. Yeah. And he's like that one selfless act of love was all it took for me to just be like, I needed that, yeah. you know? So, I mean, and you can really look at that as a an analogy in its own, you know? The man that had coffee knew that somebody else wants coffee. Christian, you know you have love. Don't you think other people want love? Yeah, man. Christian, you have company with the Father. Don't you think other people want company with the Father? Christian, you have hope. Don't you think other people want hope? So, that's some really good stuff. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was definitely... I love those recharge moments. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, man. Like, you just need it sometimes. I encourage you, if you get the opportunity to go to an event, there are men's conferences and women's conferences, and, man, you just got to look for yeah. them. And I just encourage you to go and get out of your comfort zone and try to go to one of those. You know what's kind of funny is, like, I'll go to, I'll go to concerts, so I... I play music as well. For anybody that knows the podcast, um, you obviously know that I'm a musician. Um, for anybody that doesn't, and you're listening to this because you're somewhere else surprise! in the world. Surprise! I can play instruments and stuff. <laughs> um, and I'll go to concerts and stuff like that, and I feel envy because I see other musicians doing things better than me or in a different way than me, and I'll feel envy. I feel envy in my heart. I'm like, oh, I just want to do what they're doing. I want to do it like they're doing. I get to preach. Very... Seldom, if ever, I honestly can't say I ever feel envy from preachers because I'm just dwelling in the goodness of God. Yeah, man. I'm just getting fed. Like, I, there's no competition there. I don't look at one man better than another when it comes to preaching. Like, if you're giving the word of God, let's go feed me, speak into me. And that's why I love, like, these events so much because as much as I heard these things, I'm like, oh, those are some great analogies. Like, oh, I kind of wish I could, you know, put those in my sermon as well. Because I want to share that same truth. Not right. envious, like, ooh, that pastor was so much better than me. But, like, because I want to share that truth to people. So, hopefully, friends, you're hearing these truths and you want to go share them with people. That's literally all of Scripture. Do it. That's all of Christianity. Go That's all share of it. our walk is just amazing truths that we should want to share to one another. So, man. All right, this episode has run long again. I'm sorry, but it was That's okay. Good. No, I'm really glad we got to, I finally got to hear all about it. And, you know, other people got to hear some of these awesome things, you know, little little uh, podcast mini sermons. So what are we going to do to conclude? How uh, are we well, closing out today? We have a winner for our giveaway. Oh, we do have a winner so, for the giveaway. Um, you got a drum roll for me? Uh, Yeah. Hey, Google. 
Give me a drum roll, please. Marty Osaker. Marty Osaker <laughs> is the winner of some super sweet LP swag. Uh, Marty, I am going to get a little spreadsheet put together, um, and we will message it to you on Facebook. And you can pick whatever super awesome piece of LP swag that you want, be it a T-shirt or a coffee cup. Got a couple different designs in the store. And then, friends, after that, after Marty picks her item and it is shipped to her house once it delivers on her doorstep, we will officially launch the store. And y'all can just pick away and, and get your things there. It's all nonprofit. There's no, we don't earn any dollars from it. Um, the cost for the items is literally the cost of the items. There's no additional dollars coming into the store. We just want people to put that kind of stuff on. And it's a super easy way for you to spread like the word too. Because, well, that's exactly yeah. it because people are going to say the LP, what's that? Or, you know, like, what is, what is this shirt about James Webb? Like, what's this shirt about? And you can say, it's this podcast that my church does. By the way, do you have a church or it just, it's a, it's an easy segue into a gospel conversation. So yeah, y'all. All right. Well, one last thing before we end out. Ready? Let's go. You and an octopus have more in common than you thought. Well, I only got uh, two arms and two legs, so I'm halfway to their appendages. Well, octopus are colorblind. Wow. like 100- All of them. 100% of octopus are colorblind. Are they like 100% colorblind? You know, I've never met one to ask, but hmm. um, that's just what the internet said. It says they're colorblind, so now you well, have it. That's cool. Yeah. Now you know. You see the world through the lens of an octopus. That's great. You know what it takes to get an octopus to laugh? What? Tentacles. Tentacles. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. You have a great week. We'll be back here next week.